The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This month, I welcome Jonathan Kellerman. Jonathan is a partner at Stone Turn and a former CCO at Allergan. Over the four episodes, we begin with why Jonathan chose compliance. He grew up in a family of doctors, yet gravitated to consulting practice around healthcare services. His early professional career in consulting and building out compliance programs in healthcare. His move to the CCO chair at Allergan, some of the lessons learned and key initiatives. And we conclude with what's next for compliance as we look down the road as Jonathan sees compliance at a crossroads. It's a fascinating four-part explanation. I know you'll enjoy it. In episode three, Kellerman moved to the CCO chair at Allergan, and we explore initiatives and lessons learned. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Jonathan Kellerman, partner at Stone Turn, for episode three in this month's series on The Compliance Life. Jonathan, first of all, welcome back. Pleasure to be here, Tom. Thanks for having me on your uh, third segment. This has been fun. Jonathan, in our last episode, we took a look at you moving to the CCO chair and you talking about having to really develop a new muscle, uh, moving from the consulting world into in-house to the corporate world uh, in terms of some soft skills and also your role as an executive vice president. In this episode, I wanted to turn to some of the innovations that you were able to put in place at um, Allergan. Uh, I would have to probably opine that um, uh, you certainly had a boss who's fully supported you. And from the tone at the top, you were given uh, some amount of rain to do what you thought was necessary. So I was wondering if you might start out with your thoughts on why that support from the top, literally the top, is so important.
Could you tell us two or three of the top innovations you were able to bring uh, during your tenure as CCO at Allergan?
Let me see if I could maybe rephrase that uh, in a little bit different way, or at least the way I heard it and ask you if you think it's a fair characterization. So I heard you talk about uh, risk and using data to detect risk and moving from a detection mode to a prevention mode. Then I also heard you talk about uh, an overall risk management strategy, which would, number one, allow a more efficient business process leading to uh, higher, greater profitability or perhaps greater ROI. But I also heard using risk management as a, a proactive business process uh, to, dr- to drive business simply from more efficient risk management. What, what, did I miss it or, or that is correct? You, you hit the nail on the head. And I think one of the myths that I look to dispel uh, during my career is that compliance and business have to work against each other, right? For me, compliance should be a business enabler. um, And it should be a function that helps the business achieve its objectives and goals. And doing that does not preclude it from also managing risk. And I think there's been a a somewhat of a church and state myth that is promulgated over the years because of the you know CIAs and 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 large settlements that that made compliance more of a police function, more of an oversight function, more of a function that told you you can only do this or you can't do that, or I'm going to audit you and tell you what you did wrong six months ago. Nowadays, I think for the compliance profession to be relevant, to be impactful in the future. They have to change. They have to grow. They have to evolve and progress. And to do so, I think you have to focus on three things. One is the use of data analytics. Clearly, um, it, it is an area where um, compliance can add a tremendous amount of value in the risk management space, um, in the in the ethical culture building space, but also in helping enable business to be successful. Um, I think operational excellence and process improvement uh, is a key area that we have to focus on in terms of where it's going. And third, I think the area of, of digital. And, you know, these are all, you know, areas that are growing and developing. And for compliance to be relevant going forward, you have to think differently about compliance. So you're right. I think that the key underlying theme here is how does compliance advance and progress to be truly an enabler of business and actually go from being the concept of a cost center to being actually something that actually adds value to the business achieving its 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 financial goals and its its goals in terms of bringing products to market. And it doesn't have to be um, uh, excluding one or the other. You can do both. And, you know, I, I think we've been able to demonstrate that. And uh, I know other companies are, are working towards that as well. Was this a hard sell to the business? Was it uh, they were skeptical and basically said, show me? Or were you really, because of the relationship you were able to develop with the business side leaders, really able to march arm in arm uh, with a new process and tool that would enable them to manage risk more quickly, more efficiently, and better? Um, it was not hard at all. It was not a hard sell. Um, to be honest with you, it was actually kind of easy. It was easy to sell to the board. They loved it. They loved this concept of using data analytics. Um, and it was very easy to sell to our business partners, primarily because, like you said, the relationships we've been able to build over over time. You know, first and foremost, people who work with me know that um, to be successful, one of the first things we have to do is invest in learning the business. We should know the business as well as the people who run the business. We know we need to know the products. We need to know um, their indications and their uses. 
We need to know the people who are running marketing teams and sales teams. Um, we need to know the, the systems they use. We need to know the processes they have in place as well as they do. And by doing that and making that investment, you, you, you kind of you transcend this concept of business partner. Everyone says we're the business partner. But to truly meet that, that expectation and to not be the one asking for a seat at the table, but for them to come to you on a regular basis, you have to make that investment. And that's the critical first step. And when you do that with humility, you're able to actually demonstrate that you, know, you understand, you're willing to, to, to make that investment, you understand what they're going through. And then when you go actually and sit down and create a policy or a standard or a control or say, you know what, Bill, we need to do this. They say, okay, if Kellerman is telling me we have to do this, then we need to do this. We need to listen because they invest in our business. They know our business. They know what we have to do and they want us to be successful as well. So it becomes easy when you make that investment and when you earn that trust and you become part of their team. You know, I looked at my compliance team, not as a separate function. I actually looked at us as part of both the, you know, the, the commercial and R&D teams. We were as much part of them as we were a standalone global function. Jonathan, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. I hope our listeners will join us for our fourth and final episode where you talk about your move to Stone Turn and where both you see yourself going and equally the compliance function and, and profession going over the next five to 10 years. Uh, but before we end, I was wondering if anyone wanted to contact you directly to talk about any of the concepts or topics you've raised in this podcast. How would they do so? Yeah, no, I'd be more than happy to talk to anyone about this. Uh, they can reach me uh, by email at John at J Kellerman, J-K-E-L-L-E-R-M-A-N at stoneturn.com or just call me on my cell, 973-610-5260. Jonathan, I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate the opportunity. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Compliance Life, and I hope you'll join us for our next episode. If I could ask you to please leave a review on iTunes, it would greatly help our rankings. Also, please consider subscribing to this podcast or any of the others on the Compliance Podcast Network. You can do so at the Compliance Podcast Network, which is www.compliancepodcastnetwork.net or the FCPA Compliance Report, which is fcpacompliancereport.com. Thanks again for listening. The Compliance Life is a production of this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com